Before we get going, mm. have you seen uh, the Coldplay video to Everyday Life? No. You'll like it. It's very good. Oh. Thank you. Is that something you want to share with the listener? Not really, no. All right, well, if, if you heard that, forget you heard it. Yeah, exactly. Welcome everyone to episode 99. 99! 99! 99. 99. Red balloons go by. Is that bingo or is that... No, it's some German singer. Nina? Nina. 99 Luftballon, I think it was. Thank you. Anyway, um, yes, episode 99 of the Mid-Faith Crisis podcast. My name, Nick Page. His name, Joe Davis. Indeed. You said it so well. I tried to get a sense of suspense in there, or an urgency at least. Abby, well, we should, because there's a lot to get through, frankly. There is. So, uh, episode 99, this is... Um, Which means we're one off, just one away. And people have been asking me, what are you going to do for the 100? Are they? Mm. There's a sense of anticipation from at least two people. <laughs> no, people have asked me that, and, and I think <laughs> in any sensible... You know, market-led yeah. podcast. Yes. There would be plans they for would. doing something special for the 100th they would. Uh, episode. This is not that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> People will be shocked to hear. So what are we going to do? Uh, well, actually, I think basically yeah. we're going to have a meal together, aren't we? We are. We're going to go away for the night together. Uh, we will well, send okay. photos. Let's rephrase that slightly, shall we? No, I think it's going to be something special between you and I. It's not. There's nothing special. You're turning this needlessly broke back mountain. I think. Oh, sorry. Um, it's it, it. Look, we're going away, and um, uh, yes, we're going to have a meal, and yeah. and we will try and record something. But I have to say, <laughs> we don't have in a good the past, <laughs> when we've when we've been away and then tried to record something the day after, it's not gone. It hasn't gone brilliantly well. No. We are to bringing our chaperones with us, so they we may are. help us to, you know, yeah. stay focused. Yeah. So I think we'll 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 try and. But I, I suppose what I want to say right up front is um, thank you to everybody who's made it possible for us to get to, you know, 100 episodes or 99 episodes. That's it lovely. Is. It is. So, absolutely uh, amazing. You know. Yes, indeed. It's nice. Thank you, um, indeed. So. Yes. Well, what what's what's new with you? Um. Well, uh, my nipples are in great shape. Thank you for asking. <laughs> so, that's so, a nipple update from Mid-Faith Crisis. Don't you hate taking antibiotics, though? So, listen, I'm taking probiotics now. Is that a waste of time? That's a yoghurt, isn't it? Well, you can get a yoghurt or you can get pills. I went for the pills, but I might down a yakult or two as well. But is that just a waste of time? Is it a marketing ploy? Do they do anything, or is it just one of those... Why are you me and asking me this? Well, I don't know. When Aren't you do a I medic? qualify as a GP? Are you not? No, not technically. I just like telling people what I think about their illnesses. <laughs> I thought you knew everything about everything. You come over that way. Anyway. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so there we are. If anyone knows the truth behind probiotics, let me know. I've got a sneaky feeling they're a waste of money. Um, yeah, but no, this is what I want to talk to you about. Films. Mm. Films. films. Yes, I do. We haven't mentioned films for a while. No. Uh, did we mention Little Women? Yeah, you you said you'd been to see Little Women. Yeah, the last four films I've seen are 
The Star Wars film, brilliant. Little Women, brilliant. 1917, brilliant. And Jojo Rabbit, very, very good. Pretty good run you've been on. Well, I know. But, I mean, I've spent nearly 16 quid. I'm not happy about that. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, they have been great films. No, there's a, there's a sort of thread, I was thinking, kind of running through all of the... You, you look so fed up. <laughs> well, literally... I... Sixteen pounds would buy me one and a half. Well, I didn't spend as much as sixteen film. pounds. It's three pounds fifty. No, but yeah, three pound fifty a go. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Mind you, I don't have the attention span for the films anymore. No, you do. You have to see nineteen seventeen. It's first world was People being blown up. Well, I, I don't. I mean, there's a bit was, of that going. Is there on. any laughs? Uh, laughs. Um, tricky to say. I'm going to say no. You'd probably prefer Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit has many laughs in it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's very controversial cool. film. I went and really loved it. The person sitting next to us absolutely hated it and said, from the word go, they more or less wanted to walk out the cinema. So it's a, it's one of those right. marmite yes, things. Yes, I've read yeah. um, conflicting reports on yeah. it. But, um, yeah. Oh well, well, good. That's a good run of films. It then. is, and well there's done. a sort of thread running through all of them, and it's to do with identity, and I like it, and we should talk about it properly sometime but um, okay. but just this idea of people really discovering who they are and standing up in the face of peer pressure and all the rest of it yeah being right. who they're really meant to be even if they don't fit in even if they're not normal i saw an advert actually at the cinema i think it was for booper anyway it, it, it was quite a nice thing on sort of mental health and it said there are over seven billion different forms of normal on the planet and i just thought it was a really nice line well done Booper, nice adverts. Unlike my bank, which I'm quite annoyed with generally. I mean, they close all our nearest banks, but they still oh. seem to have lots of money for ridiculous adverts that don't make any sense. OK. Don't get me on that one. What? I didn't. <laughs> um, what else have you been doing? No, I don't want to talk about it. Uh, life's life's good now, I'm glad to say. Okay. How are you? Good. I'm all right. My wife and I have just celebrated our 35th wedding anniversary. Did you present her with a medal? Uh, no, I, I, I did get a nice present. People said, how did you spend the day? And uh, so uh, she was finishing an assignment on her course all day and I cleaned the oven. <laughs> and they say romance <laughs> is dead. But nothing says I love you like cleaning the oven, I would have no, said. No, no, I, I felt a deep sense of satisfaction after doing yeah, that. that man, you're really into it. You clean your pens, you clean your oven. Do you know what? I'd be quite good if I was just a kept man and just... You know, drifted around the house doing a bit of light dusting. I think that would be, <laughs> think be good. I think you know to find something you are good at is important. Yeah, as well. <laughs> you got indeed. Right, what else? Uh, well, notices. Are there any notices, Nick Page? Uh, uh, March, uh, my course at Lee Yes. Just that, but paying attention to God, blah, we've done that before. Yeah, we have. Rachel was threatening to go and not tell you. I don't know whether she's serious about that. Oh, that'd be lovely. It'd be great to have the intelligent part of the partnership. (laughs) There is little or no doubt about that. Uh, Yes, indeed, it would be. And, uh, yeah, that'd be good. And also, of course, the big conversation happening on the 14th of March in Nottingham. And details on the Facebook page and on the website and... Oh, yes, now, people have been asking yeah. where on our website. Yeah, they have. We had a, an email, yeah. didn't we? People have been asking, where on earth? You keep saying you're going to put things on the website, but do you? And the answer to that yes. question is... Yes. Yeah, you do. Uh, anyway, that was from James. And um, 
if you're not familiar with, with some of the podcast technology, each of these episodes mm. has a page of its own, an episode yeah. page, and the links are there on the website. Yeah. So if you if you find the episode, you'll find the links there. And if you listen to it in a um, uh, podcast player like uh, Apple you know podcasts or downcast or overcast or any of these other podcast players uh you'll also find the links in the show notes that are attached to it the information that's attached to it as well so and and that reminds me of saying if you do like the podcast um can you you know tell somebody else about it that would be great and um and and subscribe to it and then it comes it pops into your podcast player of choice automatically exactly. every Saturday morning at one fifteen. If you set an alarm for that, that'll be even better, wouldn't it? Yeah, at one fifteen AM on a Saturday morning. Yeah. You'd get a little ping coming <laughs> Just through. so everyone wants at one fifteen on Indeed. a Saturday morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh yeah that that's that's yeah, where they are. True. And then, and then the, the if you check recent posts as well yeah. on the website that should do it. Yes. As well. Yeah. And what's the website address, Joe? It is uh, www.midfaithcrisis.org. Do you even need the W's nowadays? I don't think you do. No. Midfaithcrisis.org. So the the point there being that when you go to the homepage, you won't see the things that we've said we'll attach. You need to go to the individual episode and you should find them. Scroll around, you'll find it. Yeah. And uh, James, who asked that question, sent me a lovely email. I do appreciate it and I'll get back to you, James. I know. I haven't met a bad listener yet. No. If you are a bad listener, perhaps you'd like to get yeah, in touch. Yeah, right in. Just for the sheer yeah. novelty. Yeah, we'd love to hear it. from you. We'd like to hear how bad yeah. you are. It's joe yeah. at midfaithcrisis.org, of course. <laughs> OK. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Well, I mean, I suppose I should say. So, um, my very dear wife, who is wise, mm. and, you know, I think you've already alluded to the intelligent part of the partnership mm. in my case has sometimes accused me, quite unfairly, I'd like to go on record as saying, as not thinking things through properly. <laughs> so you may remember I've... How could she <laughs> say yeah. this? I know, exactly. That's it. Thank you. That was my response as well. How could you... And I laughed. I said, Rachel's telling a very funny joke. <laughs> anyway, there... You know, she she doesn't have a point, but it does seem on balance that inviting all our listeners to come to dinner, she feels uh, could be yes. a bad. Well, it's yes. all right. I mean, you know, numbers are low, but we did <laughs> we did think we are looking forward to having uh, Neil and Jenny tomorrow night. By the way, great. Uh-huh. Anyway, um, we did feel that a lot of people have been in touch actually, saying they'd like to find out about Soul Place and and how and why we get that doing and why we think it works. You know, well, mm-hmm. so. Uh, we're going to do a day, actually, and just anyone who wants to come along and have a, you know, bowl of soup and and find out about Soul Place and how we started our little cult, uh, would be very welcome to come. Because I think we, you know, we and by we I mean Rachel do have some particularly wise things to say about how to uh, run a group like that. And so we're thinking Saturday the twenty second of February. Okay. So if you want to come down to Shez Davis in Worthing, um. You are very welcome. Just get in touch with me. Send me an email, joe at midfaithcrisis.org, and uh, you'd be very welcome. I mean, realistically, we probably can't do more than 10 people, but that'd be great. Excellent. And I dare say we can also um, plumb the depths of your wisdom uh, on the various days and weeks and courses and things that we've got coming yes, up as well. Yes, we could if do. If people want to talk to you there about how to run Soul Place. I might be mildly interested in that. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, exactly. Great. Well, we should get on. Yes, we um, must. I feel. 
So this is going to be a feedback episode, basically. We've had a few lovely emails in. Yes, and, yes. And uh, so we're going, going to work through that. Yeah. So do you want to kick us off? Yeah, I do. And I should say they've all been sort of fairly heavily redacted. But very importantly, you may remember last week we sent a little shout out to our friends in Australia and Nick got back in touch and he said this. Dear Joe and Nick, hope you're both having a good week and welcome back. Appreciate your concern for us Antipodeans. Yes, it's been quite the fire season this year. We have been affected by the fires, but all are safe and well, thanks. I've been a volunteer firefighter, he said, for eight or nine years now, and we all knew it was going to be a difficult season. I watched a fire start at 2pm from my kitchen window, about five kilometres east of us. As I received a call out and was half dressed, we arrived at the scene within minutes and it was already a fast moving grass fire spreading out over drought stricken paddocks with a 70 kilometre plus winds. We were in front of it with two units for about uh, half an hour when it jumped us and the road and took off toward town. We called it in as out of control and within the hour it covered another 10 kilometres and grown into a fully fledged bushfire on the edge of town. By then all emergency services were out in force. We fought it all night and by morning the town was at least safe. We lost numerous sheds, water tanks and outbuildings. One house I think but no lives, thank God. I don't know how it wasn't worse than it was, but thank God it wasn't. The wind didn't stop blowing for another five days and it took us all of that plus another week to put it out as it continued to burn through backcountry. And he says, briefly, I had the opportunity to attend uh, an indigenous cultural fireburn workshop back in December. And it only went to confirm what most common sense country people already understand, that Australia has evolved and adapted over millions of years to regenerate and find health for humans, plants and animals through fire. The trees, grasses, plants and seeds need the smoke and fire to germinate and control country from invasive species native and introduced. We have species of birds that have learnt to use fire to hunt up by picking up burning sticks and dropping them elsewhere to flush out prey. Uh, so he's quite sort of philosophical yeah, about all this yeah, stuff. And he says, really here's to another great yeah. year of MFC. Remind me to never use those initials again. Or for however long you blokes feel you're up for it. For mine, I feel the crisis easing finally as I grow in the understanding of God's love for mankind and that all will be well. I just needed a framework I could trust. You fellows have played a crucial part in that. Thank you. And that's from Nick in Oz. That's, oh, that's great, Nick. Um, and... Well done, you know, great yeah, work. Yeah, no, uh, much respect. You've just gone yet another notch up the ladder yes, for being a firefighter. Yes. Yeah, I know. Um, well, it's good to know, and still our thoughts and prayers are with um, people down in that part of the world. It's uh, yeah, pretty terrible. Pretty terrible. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay, we're moving on. Rachel mm. says this. Dear Joe and Nick, she says, I discovered the Midfaith Crisis podcast in the summer and have been enjoying it ever since. I want to thank you for your last podcast. I love the idea of a theme for the year rather than a list of resolutions. In the past, I've been very much someone who loves a list of goals to tick off. One of my great excitements was discovering an app which not only subdivides and categorises your to-do list, but made a pleasing chin noise when you marked a task complete. That would be pleasing. Mm. Uh, it says, I always started the year with a list of achievement-related goals and the pressure that comes from the knowledge that half of them had been carried over from the year before and the determination to do better this year. More recently, however, I've been finding all these goals a bit oppressive. In order to keep getting the dopamine hit from ticking something off the list, I kept having to add more and more things. Mm. I was uh, determined to approach New Year differently this year and had time to do an examine of sorts. I tried to be intentional about the year ahead without goal setting, which is quite new for me. 
I'm aware that my task-orientated goals can get in the way of making and maintaining meaningful relationships with family and friends. It is harder to measure this kind of thing, however, which may be why it's easier and more satisfying in the short term to focus on achievement instead. I think this is something I need to learn, so your podcast felt very timely and encouraging. Thank you. However, the effect was slightly offset by Nick's description of cleaning his pens, which immediately <laughs> made me prick up my ears and add this task to my to-do list for the day. I, oh, too, excellent. have a reasonable amount of pens. I spent an enjoyable time completing this task and an even more enjoyable time putting a nice black inky tick in the box next to it. I'm obviously still a work in progress. Many thanks for the ideas and inspiration. Yours high on dopamine and covered in ink. That's oh, excellent. Isn't well, that wonderful? is it excellent? Is it? it is excellent. One of the things about being a stationary addict is that you also become a bit of a productivity kind of nerd, I think, sometimes. that you know Because you've got to do something yeah. with all these notebooks, so you make all these lists in them, and you do do that kind of thing. You do get that hit. And, of course, you, you can get it immediately, because if you make a to-do list, if the first item on your list is make a to-do list... Yeah. You've got something to tick off straight away. It's brilliant. <laughs> so I often think those two go hand in hand, you know, the love of stationery and planners and all this kind of stuff yeah. with a slight sense that actually it gets overpowering and it, yeah. it can, you know, sure. you, can get on you top create of it. a monster before you know. Yeah. It. But I mean, it, there's no doubt that that theme and we talked about it all week, really, of this idea of a theme. For oh, the right. year. And uh, Rachel, yeah, we talked about it together and it's been really helpful. Not only a theme for the year, but also the theme for our lives generally, you know, at this stage of our lives, which oh, has right. been even more interesting. We'll talk about and it sometime. You, yeah. yeah, it's okay. Yeah, that'd be, I'd, I'd like to talk about that. I mean, I found it really helpful. Just, I think, yes, it is harder to measure, but I think the whole point is it gets you away from measuring things because you just do stuff that feeds into the theme. Yeah. You know, you, you just, so I have. You know, my theme of going out, get outside was my yeah. theme. And I've done masses of walking this week. Oh, and I've been out, you know, bird watching and I've done various things. And it's just, it just feels like it's giving me a bit of a framework that's, yeah. that's quite liberating rather than, oh, I've got to tick this one off and then I've got to do that one. And then, yeah. you know, whatever. Well, good for really. you. Brilliant. So how about your other theme, your theme of, um, you know, well-being? How's that going? Oh, you've well, got, you're doing probiotics. <laughs> I have a theme of that and immediately take a big course of antibiotics, yeah, uh, which I hate. Uh, well, yes, I mean, it's, it's good. I mean, I, you know, my theme is not outside because, I mean, I genuinely try and get outside at all uh, all possible occasions. I should, You know, it's dark and wet at the moment, but I would, I would imagine no, I'll be is... going to the beach later. Yours um, is well-being, isn't it? Yeah, it is well-being. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Mm. But, That's what but, I said. But, but, but yeah, I know. But what I mean is that is all part of my well-being. I mean, being ah, outside okay. is, a, is a very critical part of that. Uh, mm. Well, what can I say? I lost a kilo last week. That's good going. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, well, the thing is, when you're as enormously fat as I am, <laughs> it's actually quite easy. I mean, well, it, would, it would take you, you chopped a, a finger longer. off or something. <laughs> <laughs> I sneezed. No, that's pretty good. <laughs> I sneezed that's and lost the kilo. <laughs> that's great. Oh, that's yeah. good. Anyway, yeah, um, I, I have to cut. It's not my idea. It does come from another podcast, but I think it's really good. Mm. So, now, you know. on the podcast you mentioned about walking, though, which I assume isn't the same podcast. Uh, no. Sophie listened to that and she said, absolutely brilliant. She loved it. And she said, I have to listen to it. So I shall get around to okay. that. Okay. Yeah, Thank it's you. good. Thanks for putting the link up. It works, mm. you know. Yeah. 
There you are. Some people know where to find it. They do, yeah, Terrific. clever. Well, like Sophie. I mean, I'll just ask Sophie where to find it and she'll tell me. That's true. Well, she's your carer. <laughs> so uh, so let's move on. Shall we? Uh, Steve uh, says this. Hi, Joe and Nick. I have a question for the podcast, which is something I'm wondering if you could tackle perhaps sometime in the new year. He says, so I saw a tweet from an ex-footballer, Gavin Peacock, and he says this. The Christian knife is fought on a battleground, not a playground. Don't play around today. Go to hear the voice of the captain of your salvation. Strengthen you for the fight ahead. Lord's Day worship is not optional for God's soldiers. So he says, on a side note, this ex-footballer is now a preacher in America and his tweets are evangelical with a capital E. Some of the responses he gets from other football fans are just hilarious. Anyway, it got me thinking about the message. We are often given that the Christian life is a battleground and the fight is not for the faint-hearted. This is a message I think may have been exposed in church, especially in men's ministry circles. And it made me think, what are we actually battling against? The injustices of the world? Yes, I get that. Personal temptation? Yes. Bad choices? Yes. But what about evil? What about the devil? What about demons? What about saving people from hell? Has the battle already been won? This goes into very uh, heavy ground. Some would say dangerous, but it got me thinking and questioning quite simply, is there a devil, a person that has shaved eyebrows and listens to Metallica? Are there evil floaty <laughs> things, demons who perhaps listen to Michael Jackson that are ready to pitchfork you if you step out of line? In the gospel, when Satan confronts Jesus in the desert and also when Jesus is on the cross, could this account of him meeting Christ be simply metaphorical? Bear in mind the gospel writers certainly were not there to witness that especially in the desert. P.S. If you think I need deliverance for thinking and questioning such heretical things, then any prayer of healing is welcome. I will pay your expenses and get the snake bite and black ready. <laughs> that's, Very that's, good. That's a good one, isn't it? I like that. Very much indeed. Thank you. So, should I kick off yes, on this? Yes, um Well, I think there's two areas I want to say. Uh, one, the first bit about the soldiers yeah. and the battle. And I remember in the... Uh, 1980s, in mid-1980s when I first sort of became involved with sort of full-time Christian ministry as mm. we called it um, and there was a big thing about spiritual warfare yeah. there Was that the piercing the darkness stuff? Yes, ah, it was that, right. yes and it was all that stuff and people, there was, it was very testosterone filled and, and people would come in and talk about kicking Satan and all this kind of stuff and I think we can't deny that there is a metaphor of warfare used in in the Bible, in the, yeah. uh, throughout, and in the New Testament, um, there is a sense of conflict. But I think equally, there's also as many metaphors about farming. Hmm. But you never got people coming into the meeting going, oh, I've been doing some real spiritual agriculture. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nobody ever said this. <laughs> or running. I've been doing some yeah. real spiritual gym yeah. work. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. So I think it is one metaphor amongst many. And also, in terms of the militaristic, if you look at this sort of um, summation of this in Revelation, and yeah. um, you know, I, d I did a book on Revelation. You did. So, Very you know, good I looked book. into this quite a lot. It's quite interesting. Although Revelation talks an awful lot about conflict and battle and all that kind of stuff, it never describes any of them. The minute you get to any conflict, it just sort of skips to the end. And equally... When you actually find the, who is the victor in this conflict, it is essentially a dead lamb. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, it's the, it, Jesus Christ looks like a lamb who was killed. Yeah. So whenever we talk about battle, we're not talking about fighting. it. We can't be talking about fighting in that no. kind of way. We fight with a totally different set of weapons. Yes. And, you know. Well, uh, thank and, you. And, 
so I think that's the first thing I want to say. Do you want to come back on that? No, at all, I think you've given like a that? much more measured and sensible response than I would have done because I'm, I'm afraid, <laughs> and I want to say this kindly, is the this 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 takes us into the whole territory of religious nutters. Um, yes, I suppose so. can do. Who, on the whole, do speak a whole load of. <laughs> <laughs> that's a theological term you've used there that's a complex theological term and i'll break it down yes. no you don't have to break that down any further i well it can do i mean you get nutters all over the place joe though, don't you not just in that part you get them in the other yeah, direction as well yes. but but i think it, it, take it as a metaphor and it, if it's a useful metaphor there's no doubt that you have to fight against certain things yeah I no and I, you know, I mean the guy who spoke most I think helpfully for me is a chap called Walter Wink. Yes. So Walter Wink, who yes. he's is brilliant, and he's written uh, those books, um, naming the powers, unmasking the powers, you know, uh, doing something. What the powers did next? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, powers the revenge of. Yeah, exactly. All that stuff. <laughs> anyway, he said some really, really helpful yes. things about that because you do have to give some sort of language to the kind of pack mentality of humanity. Like, everyone wants a better world. Mm. I did dig out a quote from John Steinbeck in in, uh, in uh, The Grapes of Wrath. He says, but the bank is only made of man. No, you're wrong there, quite wrong there. The bank is something else than man. It happens that every man in a bank hates what the bank does, and yet the bank does it. The bank is something more than men, I tell you. It's the monster. Men made it, but they can't control it. And that's a great little quote because it describes what happens when people come together and build institutions and, you know, they create a monster. And mm. everyone says, oh, well, you can't change it. It's always been that way. Why can't they? And mm. it's like these things do take on a life of themselves. Now, some people want to give literal demonic language to that, which I don't think is particularly helpful. But but what I think is helpful is to to name it and say, yeah, there is definitely a, a power, a force at work. Yes. That is not a good force and often working against people's well-being and shalom. Yes. And yes. best interests. So. So I think that's the realm. And because you don't have very good language for it, of course, we use metaphor. And then people take those metaphors literally. I, th I think that's really helpful. Yeah. And that's exactly what happens in Revelation. And, and because yeah. the, what's the metaphor of the beast? Well, what is the beast? The beast is the Roman Empire. That's what the beast yeah, is. Babylon yeah, yeah, is the yeah, Roman absolutely. Empire. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's quite clear in Revelation. That's what John thinks the beast is. But the beast for us could be any other kind of thing. As long as you don't think it is the you know, definite thing called the beast that will yeah. emerge from the sea. I think, you know, yeah. it, it, this is how metaphor works. So so there is no doubt the struggle. And in a lot of my other work, uh, you know, with um, Open Doors and things like that, I, yeah. I look at people who are who are fighting a battle. Yes. They're in a yeah. battle. They're not fighting yeah. it with guns. In fact, they're fighting it with forgiveness, which is quite remarkable. Is but they, are, they yeah. do identify themselves as being in a struggle. The second part about uh, the devil, Satan, the demonic... Mm. Um, I think this is one area that I really have to live with a lot of uncertainty in. Mm. And I'll, t I'll tell you how one of the things that first sort of made me realise this is when I was writing a book called The Wrong Messiah, which is a life of Jesus, I was looking at exorcism because one of the mm. things that Jesus was absolutely known for mm. was casting demons No out. doubt about it. Yep. 
now, there's lots of reasons about that. And when I looked at those stories with a psychiatrist, it was very mm. interesting because he would say, well, that looks to me like personality disorder. That looks like, to me like manic schizophrenia, all mm. kinds of things yeah. going on there. Um, and he could see, could see within it a diagnosis. Mm. And so he could say, I think by the demon possession, they meant that. Because obviously yeah. the first century didn't have a pathology of epilepsy. He didn't know what it was or mm. anything like that. Yeah. Um, so that's one side. When I talked about it with a theologian who, and, a, and a, a sort of a, a minister who I really respected, a Christian leader, he said, well, if you've been out in Africa, you've encountered yeah. this kind of stuff. Yeah. And they have no doubt that that is where it no, is. No, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I have to live with those two things. And in the end... you. You just, I think you just have to live with both of them, really. Yeah, I know. Thanks for that. I mean, I do, I do get that, and I know. I mean, goodness me, you know, you can't talk about this in all places, can you? Because you get looked at like you are yourself demon possessed, and you know, I know some churches would would think I am for my views now, but I kind of figure this: if you live in a culture where you believe in demons and satanic power and demons possessing people, then I think. There's power in the name of Jesus to exorcise those demons. This is, I mean, you know, this is just kind of off the cuff, what I think. And I think that if you don't live in those cultures, evil is still a big issue and a big problem, but you better find different language and different tools to combat it. That's my... I think that's interesting. I, I, ten I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, I don't know now really what I think about the idea of... Uh, uh, the devil as such um because the development of the character mm. of satan through the bible is not as it's often predicted the idea of the whole story of yeah. um satan and satan's fall is something that was basically worked out by um uh i think it was origin who first wrote about it in about 250 mm. ad first kind of like you know kind of Right. the first sort of idea of how to put it all together from little bits and from bits of isaiah mm. that aren't really about that and all kinds of stuff so I don't I, I don't feel confident on that level. I do, however, encounter through my work descriptions of what I can just put down as evil. Yes, that, that I absolutely agree with. As yeah. you were saying, evil that seems to have a power beyond just sort of people doing bad things. It, it seems to be yeah. a possessive force of people. Yeah, and the group mentality that can lead to genocide and to yes. all, the, all that stuff. That There's evil in the world. No one's in any doubt about yeah. I don't think. So I think that is something that, if you want to call that in terms of principalities and powers, if you want to call that as a kind of spiritual yeah. realm to fight against as well as a, yeah. as a physical realm, I think that's really important that we do fight against it on both levels, yeah. um, in the spiritual realm and and on earth. And I, I just I, I think that. So in the end, I don't really know how how all that kind of fits together, except that I think there is more going on always than meets the eye, and um, I guess you just go go to prayer really. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. So thank you. I mean, that is one of those things you could talk about for the rest of the year, and you still wouldn't plumb all the depths of it. But a, do do check out those. Well, there's these three books by. Yes, uh, I'll Walter put Wink. I'll put a They're link up. Brilliant. And there's also a there's also a single book which is a kind of summary which is yes, actually helpful there is as well. Now, yeah, that's that's the yeah. one to get actually. And uh, what about your book in Revelation? Is that still available? Widely and cheaply available, I believe. Well, right. that's <laughs> um, a good book. Yeah, but I. I enjoyed the journey doing it anyway. Mm. 
Um, uh, yeah, so th- uh, thank you. I think that's... Um, I, I wouldn't want to sort yeah. of go much beyond that. No, exactly. But listen, folks, you know, come back to us on that, mm. Joe, at midfaithcrisis.org. Send in your emails. You need to turn that into a jingle. Yeah, I know. But also send your letters of complaint to Nick Page. Yes. Lord, Lord Page of Ensham. That should find Indeed. you. Indeed, yeah. OK, yeah. right. Uh, to John, shall we? I guess. Let's go. OK, John says, Joe, Nick, not dear or hello, just Joe, Nick. He says, thanks for the podcast, blah, blah. He says, I've wanted to write in several times about something important to me, but I'm a few weeks behind the podcast in catch-up mode because life is busy. But here's something that's bugged me a few times. I've noticed that you guys keep banging on about the importance of solitude and finding God in the quiet, the retreat, the space. This sounds like it is really important. And I know a few people who are brave enough to take themselves away from the business of life and seek Jesus in the quietness, and sometimes for longer than just a few minutes. Jesus took himself away into the hills, mountains, to be alone with God. Looks like this was rather an important part of his work. You can tell there's a big but coming up. But, he says, no matter how much I know this sounds like the right thing to be doing, frankly, this really does not appeal. It all sounds pretty boring, fidgety, so I don't do it. And uh, what if he doesn't say anything or spend time with me when I decide to go on a retreat? The idea of spending a day in quietness with Jesus just makes me anxious. So I don't see myself doing this any day soon. I've decided that either I'm just failing and not disciplined enough to sort out this bit of my life. Come on, John, get your act together. Or I'm not properly hearing or understanding what you describe and I have the wrong idea of what retreat is. So what other words could we use to describe solitude and retreat? that might help those of us who struggle here to be able to embrace more of what God has for us. To kick us off, the best time of worship I've ever had is windsurfing, shouting praises to God mixed up in the adrenaline field of rattling over water at high speed, powered by nothing more but the wind and a chuffing big sail. That is excellent, by the way. The adrenaline junkie in me connects emotionally with Jesus during hard physical exercise and danger. And yes, this has been in solitude. And then he goes on, what other exercises have people come to? But I won't read it all. But you get the idea there that he's sort of challenging our notions and really saying, well, look, is is this sort of stuff okay for introverts and people who, you know, just take great joy in quietness? Yeah. What about those who meet gods in in noise and in action and activity? That is a really good point. I, I think it's an interesting question and I'll turn it back to you as one of the noisiest people that I know. <laughs> I mean, I'll give you an example, listener. In case you don't believe me, what? this is a man who brings a loud hailer <laughs> to the beach oh, to make great. announcements on oh, the beach. Oh, it's fantastic. That is so much fun. <laughs> anyway. Hey, that was very handy when we lost children. Just don't knock it. Oh, well, you actually lost the adults. <laughs> you announced that you lost me at one point on I the did. beach in Cornwall. I did. <laughs> Anyway, well, look, um, so, you know, ext- extroverts, what about that? Well, I mean, John, you know, there's there's long answers and short answers. We keep it short and snappy, but it's not either or. I mean, man, you are speaking my language when you're telling me that you meet with God out Windsor. I mean, yes, yes, I remember one of the most profound experiences of God I ever had was boogie boarding in Cornwall, uh, when it was raining and there was a rainbow and a seal popped its head up next to me and you're charging along the waves and you're making a lot of noise. Well, I make a lot of noise. Uh, so, I mean, yes, there are noisy bits. And rock concerts. I mean, I think we may have talked about this before, just a profound sense of worship, actually. Um, absolutely brilliant. But 
you know, I am an extrovert. And the way Rachel and I do solitude is quite different. Rachel needs absolute silence. I don't. So I think that's one of the differences. So, for example, when we lived in Croydon, I would go to the aquarium and sit in the window of the shark tank for a few hours. And actually, there, well, I don't know how many people passed me. I mean, maybe thousands. I don't know. Didn't count them. I didn't, I didn't notice them. I ignored them. But as for Rachel, that wouldn't work. She'd like the sharks, but she couldn't cope with being with that many people mm. around. But I could. I found that that... That didn't bother me at all. And I had mm. I had very great times uh, with the divine in that sort of space. I think he, he spoke about the fear of what if God doesn't turn up. I can only tell you this. Whenever I have made time for retreat, even in the most unexpected ways, the divine shows up. Mm. And And by that, I mean like, you know, sometimes I go away with a to-do list and write, I want God to speak about this. I've got a big decision to make. I need clarity. And, and of course, that that isn't how it works. I mean, I often find, as I, I think I might have said once or twice before, you know, I want to go and talk about, you know, what great things I'm going to achieve for the Lord. And actually, the thing that the Spirit seems to be whispering to me is how did I just speak to, you know, my wife or my right. kids or someone who annoyed me and was that really the best way of dealing with it? you know and i find that quite irritating about the divine because their prior- <laughs> <laughs> the divine's priorities it appears are not my priorities shock horror so there's that sort of angle to it i i can only say that as i get older i i love meeting god in noise and and adrenaline but i have found a, a qualitatively equal love of meeting God in silence and quiet and maybe not for as long I only did the five day silent retreat once in my life (laughs) I may do it again one day Um, but it didn't kill me uh, as I feared it might Uh, in fact I look back on it with great fondness and uh, yeah so I think I think John is right I think sometimes we perhaps overplay silence and solitude and don't talk about you know enough about meeting god in the excitement and the uh the adrenaline of doing other things sometimes running and climbing mountains and all that stuff for me i think there are two factors here it's not really the form of it it's about the attitude uh, within it mm. so it's it's for me about intentionality and attention so when you go on a silent retreat, you're going with an intention to sort of detach and to yeah. to go into the retreat. It seems to, to give easier access to that kind of thing because you've deliberately put that time aside and you're going yeah. with that and you're going yeah. off into a place that is like an abbey or something like yeah. that or whatever. You know, in your case, apparently swimming in the shark tank in the Not aquarium. I don't know what you were doing there. Anyway, um, that, so the intentionality has to be there, I think. Which is not yes, to say that, that God cannot catch you unawares, which of course he can in any in any given and moment. And does but, frequently. But yeah, and that brings you to brings this my second point in, which is the attention. So are you paying attention? Are you looking out for God in those moments? I think that's that's the key thing. Oh. So that in a sense could be anywhere and and doing anything. But I think it helps to have an intentionality about going about the way you enter those experiences or whatever you're you're. But going what's to the do. difference between that and just expecting to? 
hear God generally. I mean, well, no difference. And I think if you lived the whole life like that, you, 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 you know, that would be wonderful, wouldn't it? But that's why we go to these yeah. heightened moments. Is because we, in fact, we don't generally live our whole life like that. We have to sort no, of exactly. deliberately set it aside. Um, but I think if we could get to that point, they often say about contemplative prayer that the true contemplatives can be contemplative anywhere. You know, and they yeah. don't need to. They well, they've like, learned that skill. I want that. I genuinely want. Yeah. That. And that's why we started Soul Place at the movies. So it's a right. totally separate uh, a group on Facebook. But we we encourage people to come to me. I expect. You know, I I genuinely feel like I hear the voice of God when I watch some films. Now, not all films. Yeah. Um, but some films, and they might be a Disney film, and they might be a war film, and they, you know, Carry On film. Might be a Carry On film. <laughs> <laughs> but again it comes back to you're you're entering into that thing with a certain yeah. mindset you're going you know looking to see what you can see to hear what you can hear um i think the other thing is is about detachment really yes. and and certainly taking off the other things that stop us from hearing the the headphones or the 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 the, the other noises exactly and and you know one of my great mentors in life was dallas willard and if he says something is generally worth listening to and he said silence and solitude is one of the most important mm. discipline and i think for me it's like quietening down so we're, again we're starting another group soul place walking because we just thought if people are walking, it's often quite nice to walk with other people. Mm, but yeah, yeah. one of the things we quite often do on our walks is we very intentionally stop and just not to pray necessarily yeah. and certainly not out loud, but to be silent. And there's something about that stopping and being silent together with other people that makes you just notice more. Absolutely. And yeah. perhaps that's part of the idea. So there is something about proper silent silence that um that touches a fairly core part of me even as an extrovert and i uh, and i do it far more than i ever used to and i really enjoy it and i I think you can build it around things that you like doing so if if the idea of sitting alone in a room you know for a day is like torture to you we don't do that no exactly you know pilgrimage is a well-known spiritual discipline you know go for a walk do something anyway Yes, indeed. We should wrap this up because this has this gone on immensely gone long. On overly long. So, um, yeah, but l- listen, listeners, do do write in. Let us know what your spiritual practices are. Where, where do you connect with God? Yeah. Just tell us. That'd be great. And next week you can expect a very thought-provoking and celebrational <laughs> 100th episode, yeah. unless we record it after the meal. And do feel free to send your, you know, celebratory presents to... To me, yeah, anything I, I accept all, all all major currencies and gifts. We're talking of which, actually, no, we are immensely grateful as ever to people who support the podcast. Oh, yeah. How fantastic you are, and and it, it's it's so encouraging. And a couple of lovely people, and you know who you are, just gave one-off gifts to us at Christmas. Oh, thank you, you lovely. lovely. I mean, you have been thanked, but thank you publicly. Thank well, you. Well, that's great. Thank you very much, and uh, thank you for all the nice emails we get as well, and all that. So. uh Yes, end of episode 99, onwards and upwards. See you next week. Looking forward to it. Bye.